don't know why, but motherhood invites judgment. Whether it's about how you just gave birth or what you're feeding your kid, how you and your partner plan to raise your family, there will always be someone judging. And while I know that most of the comments that roll in are good-natured, and I think that most people are trying to be kind and helpful, I can't tell you how many times I wish I had a sign or a shirt or something that just said, thank you for your opinion. I don't remember asking for it. Too aggressive? Eh, maybe. Today, you'll hear from my friend Jenna. In 2013, after having her first child, she and her husband made the decision that she would not return to teaching after her maternity leave. One that came as a surprise as she had fully intended to return to work after her leave. She shares what it was like to make that choice as well as the judgment from others that came when she said that she was going to become a stay-at-home mom. Jenna also shares how, at 34 weeks pregnant with her second child, she decided to pursue a home birth and how it all went down on a cold morning in February 2016. Welcome to Your Mom Has a Podcast. I'm Amanda Strong. Okay, so today we are talking to my friend Jenna, and I met Jenna on the internet, well, not really on the internet, but I knew Jenna's husband, Todd, first because they own a restaurant together in Cincinnati up in Mason. Um, I My guess is, is that most people probably would say, oh, I knew Todd. <laughs> He's a hard person, like, not to... <laughs> Todd is definitely the extrovert yes. in in the relationship, and he's kind of the I would say the more, um, at least at first, the more like commanding presence. So yeah, you kind of can't miss Todd. If you met him, you love him or you hate him, but like you know him for sure. <laughs> so um, so I knew of you just from being at the restaurant, and and but we really weren't like it wasn't beyond I don't even know if you knew who I was I knew who you were just because of like oh that's Jenna that's Todd's girlfriend or whatever and I was probably serving your table you were yeah (laughs) yeah um and then thanks to Instagram I randomly must have found you through searching and liked your picture and I think I freaked you out when I liked it because you I was brand new to social media in general so I don't do Facebook and I still don't do Facebook but um Instagram I just felt like um it was like a a smaller universe to live in as opposed to Facebook felt like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were one of the first people that like wasn't, you know, my immediate family <laughs> member that made a comment. And I was like, oh, and fast forward, you and I are cut from the same cloth. Mm-hmm. We're very similar people in general, maybe not carbon copies, but, you know, we, I, we bonded on like little things like motherhood and our love of aqua and mermaids, but there's still like a lot. We have a very compatible personality. So it just worked good. You know, it was like a weird, random internet friendship, even though I knew who you were in real life. It wasn't like you lived across the. Right. We weren't complete strangers. Right. And I feel, um, 
it was it was very like uh, what do I want to say like acquaintance like through Instagram and then after we lost Luca and you sent me that email that was just basically like if you ever need a meal or something and I was like I think this girl might want to be my friend <laughs> it, it didn't say that but like in my brain like I'm very socially awkward and introverted and I don't have a big circle of friends but I kind of don't up- remember the the, I remember the Luca thing because yeah. that um, the, uh, that's definitely whenever you hear about somebody going through something like that, even if you know them well or not, like that registers. But I don't remember um, exactly what I said to you other than I just felt like I wanted to give you a hug. Yeah. And like I didn't know you, but it was like, I don't know what I'm going to offer her, but something, you know. Well, and when I count the things, you know, the hindsight is twenty twenty, And when I can look back and say like, there was a lot of good that came from that loss, like 110%, like our friendship. Right. Honestly, I don't think, well, I don't know, maybe we would have, but I felt like that kind of opened the door for me to be like, oh, well, you know, invite her to come to the pool and hang yeah. out and just do something. Um, and and out of everybody, out of all of my friends, I feel like you and I have the most parallel lives. And it's hard to find other moms that are stay-at-home moms. Yeah. Um, and so I think that part of me, too, was like, I really don't have many people that I can call on a Tuesday and be like, do you want to go to the pool with me and hang out? Correct. <laughs> so. and, and I still don't, you know, to this day. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a different. But even if you and I weren't mothers and we were both working full-time in corporate America still... I, we would still have a lot of yeah. parallel interests. Yeah. So um, just, and you're my kind of crazy. So, you know, <laughs> like we, we both kind of jive off of the same, um, you know, niches in life, like all of the, the home decor stuff and all of that, mm-hmm. that we both like to do. So our children definitely bond us, but it doesn't, that's not the only meat to what we do because I have had friends that, the only thing I really have in common with that person is our children. And then that can be a, a difficult friendship to continue. So I feel um, like we mostly talk about other stuff more than our kids are just a good reason to get get together. (laughs) But, um, yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. So you had Dylan in 2012, right? No. Is that right? 2013. Then it was a year. I always feel like in my memory, like, I always feel like Bennett was just born, but he was a yeah. year old um, because we went and had dinner that night, and Todd said that you were due any day. So why don't you talk about, like... Yeah, motherhood. That. Okay. <clears throat> um, well, so with my daughter, with Dylan, so for also, um, my husband and I have been together forever. Uh-huh. Um, so that's probably, like, a good caveat. We weren't, like, we were... Um, uh, like we weren't like these newlyweds that I mean we were kind of well three years I guess or mm-hmm. something like that but I'm just we'd been together forever we were um, together in middle school and then off and on and then mostly high school college was a little bit of a gray area um, <laughs> but in a good way um, I don't take any of that back and then um, as far as like our time apart was probably necessary for us to get to a good spot but um, we were. Gosh, we were 29, I guess, So when I got pregnant. So we did not rush into anything as far as having kids. We've been together since we were kids. So when I found out that I was pregnant with Dylan, um, at the time I was teaching and we have a restaurant, so I would get off of work and I would... um, Um, I would get off of work and I would go and I would serve dinner. And then on Saturdays I worked the whole Saturday, like 
both shifts. And then as we kind of got a little bit more established, um, I was able to just work like Fridays and Saturdays. And then we ended up getting to a really lovely place that I didn't have to go to work all the time there. I could just come and hang out when I wanted to. And I remember thinking like, I don't even know what to do with myself on Friday or Saturday. And then I was pregnant in a few months. (laughs) So like, I guess that like little bit of like adult freedom that I got (laughs) quickly vanished. Um, But we were not like actively trying to have children. Um, We had had a lot of close friends and family members that were kind of going through some rough times as far as expanding their family. And I remember telling Todd, you know, we're not getting any younger. And um, I don't think that I necessarily want to have one right this second, but I just feel like maybe getting in the way of having a child isn't necessary at this point. And he was like, okay. And then four days later, I think I was pregnant. <laughs> so, um, wait, hold on. Did you poop? Yes. He pooped. Okay. okay. I'm going to pause. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. I can figure remember where it was. So got pregnant um, after Todd said, Cool, okay. Yeah. So then um fast forward, found out I was expecting and um you know, still working, you know, full time and doing all those things. And um basically I can remember always saying this to my mom, like before I had kids, that you know, I felt like I was it was going to be okay having kids. And I didn't even mind like the pregnancy part, which funny, cause I did have really easy pregnancies, like not a lot of morning sickness, all that stuff. Um, but I was always worried about the birth and she was always like, Oh, you'll be fine. That's what they do epidurals for. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, okay, great. So I'll be fine. So then I, you know, Todd and I definitely, um, try to kind of go towards a little bit more of like a natural path and everything. But I was by no means ready to sign up for any form of um, like not going to the hospital and all of that. Um, I probably could have said that a little bit more streamlined there. But anyways, so I started looking at um, videos about natural childbirth and don't ever do that. Like don't <laughs> like even somebody who's now birthed two children. That was an awful decision. I was like, oh, my God, no, this is not for me. My husband, although is very he's a very handy. He's um, he's like resourceful. He's like he's good to like have in like a pinch. A medical pinch is not where you want him. He's, like, awful. Like, he cannot handle any form of, like, blood. I mean, he's just clueless when it comes to that, and he knows it. So I was, like, thinking, you know, maybe we should do the childbirthing classes because I don't know what I'm doing. And if I don't know what I'm doing, that's – and you definitely don't know what you're doing. Like, maybe we should try to take some time to educate ourselves. So we ended up finding um, a Bradley class that we took, which is definitely geared towards – doing a natural childbirth. But what I learned through that was that you just understood all of the interventions. So you had a better choice at the end. And I feel like I, even if somebody doesn't want to have a natural childbirth, I wish that we were a little bit more proactive in educating moms on what their choices are, because, um, you can a hundred percent like want the epidural, the full nine yards, but there are certain things on like, you know, when to induce and when not to induce and some things that you could push back on that 
I, we just don't educate our women on enough to know. Like, I feel like if the doctor says, you need to go in and get induced today, yeah. you're like, okay. And you don't know. That's the thing. Like, that blows my mind because and I know that this is 100% like just who I am as a person because we did hypnobirthing. And it blew my mind when people were like, well, I just trust my doctor. And I was like, right, that's fine. But also, like, your doctor is not going to be in there when shit's going down. And you need to know if you feel comfortable. Like, you need to be able to advocate for yourself. And I, (laughs) women that just, like, go blindly, I'm like, God bless you. Because I need to feel like I know at least something's going on. And I I can remember somebody telling me one time, um, I think I was pregnant. If I wasn't, I was close to becoming pregnant the first time. And they were like, oh, don't read anything about pregnancy because it'll all (laughs) scare you. And I was like, like, that isn't my personality. I just can't do that. So, um, and I have a good friend who was a labor and delivery nurse forever. And I think I one time like said something negative about Pitocin. I just think it's used too quickly. Typically, I'm not against the whole thing, but it just makes everything so much harder. Um, And she said, yeah, but what if you're 41 weeks and some change pregnant? I was like, well, that's yeah, like it is really I totally respect her, her knowledge on the subject and she sees it every day. I have two birthing experiences. She has three a night, you know, and um, it's not that I at all doubt her decision or her, um, I guess I should say her gosh, what's the word? Just like her advocation for Pitocin. But we just give it to women really quickly before we exhaust all other options. Mm -hmm. And if I was 42 weeks pregnant, I would be like, yeah, let's get this baby out. (laughs) So I get it. So um, my husband and I did that in... um, Still, I felt like I went into the birthing situation pretty well prepared, as much as you can be for a first-time mom, because I, there's, you know, you just, you can't tell, and you don't know what's going to happen, but I had a doula, I had my husband, who I felt like was a lot more knowledgeable than a lot of husbands, um, and I felt like we were, like, ready to go, and we did end up having a successful natural birth in the hospital, um, it was awful, (laughs) like, (laughs) It was the longest, like, 36 hours of my life, but um, I don't know that any intervention would have made it any better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I'm glad that we did what we did, and um, my little nugget came into the world, and, the like, as the sun was rising on April 26th, so it was good, and it... I felt like I was literally going to not make it. And then I had her and Todd was like, it was like a switch flipped. Like all of a sudden you were like, Oh, how is everyone doing okay? I remember being so grateful that the nurse, my, the nurse that I had the last shift of my, um, labor, I was so grateful that she was in there. Cause I was like, I am so sorry for anything I just said to you. Like if I was sure, I thank you so much for helping me. I was on, like, a whole different planet of, you know, happy at that point. I think she just laughed and was like, yeah, you were probably crazy for a while. And it's okay. But so we made it through, and um, it was a – it I don't think it matters how you deliver a child, whatever your method is. That's, like, a – 
a game changer. Like your whole world shifts. Everybody kept talking to me about wait till you have two or wait till you have three. It's like, well, how about just one? Because that's the biggest (laughs) to me still. That is the, yeah. Like I just got here and that's the biggest shift. Like you're going from only having to keep yourself alive to now being responsible for a whole nother person. So just becoming a parent in general was, and I knew that going into it. I mean, it's not like I did, but you just can't wrap your head around it totally. It's just yeah. nothing that you're ever going to get to. It, you have to walk the walk before you can really understand it. So that was 2013. Um, I was in education at the time, and I was taking my six weeks off for maternity leave, which put me at the end of the school year. So that was nice because I had the summer. And then I was signed up to take off the first six weeks. Um, So I was taking like an extra long maternity leave. And it was great because I had the summer sandwiched in there. So I felt really excited that like I knew I was going to have some extra time off. Um, And I can remember my principal asking me towards the end of my pregnancy, like, are you going to come back? And I'm like, yeah. Like, absolutely. That was never, ever a thought in my head that I wouldn't come back. Um, and I, as the summer kind of progressed and I, I breastfed my, both my children, but, um, I didn't pump a lot and I was just kind of like dreading the whole, I, I give so many props to moms that go to work and pump and still do all, even if you have to supplement or whatever, but like pumping just is awful. It's awful. It's so hard. It's hard enough. And I was just lucky enough and kind of lazy enough that I just never pumped in the summer. I mean, I did a little bit here and there, but so just the kind of reality set in of what life was going to look like when I went back to work. Um, and as we said, we own a restaurant. So my husband doesn't have early hours, but he has late hours and he's gone all the time at night. And I just kept thinking to myself, like, I'm going to go to work all day and then I'm going to come home and I'm going to do this all night by myself, Mm -hmm. like every night and every Friday and Saturday. I have Sunday with him and like, that's it. So he has Sundays and Mondays off, but inevitably there is some work related something to do there. So as like the summer went on, I ended up finding out that I could take a one year leave and just get my job back. It didn't mean that I got the same position back, but it meant that I got a job back. So that was going to, you know, wind up being like a year and a half when you threw some, not quite, but I don't know, 14 months or something like that. No. 15 months, something like that. So I was like, that's, that's great. You know, Dylan will be like well over a year. I'll go back. Um, I, that following summer, I went to a bunch of like staff meetings. Like I had a caseload already for my students and just, it, I, it was terrifying. We didn't know what we were going to do with Dylan. And this is what every, you know, parent yeah. goes through. And, um, I, Finally, my husband was just kind of like, I feel like you're just working for insurance. And he was like, by the time we pay somebody to watch at the time one kid, but we, you know, knew at some point we would have two. He was like, what are you working for? Mm-hmm. And I felt like, you know, and he knew he was going to have to kind of take the morning shift over because I was going to be at work early. And so that was going to be hard on him. He works a lot of hours and it's not that he's not willing to be a dad, but you know, him having to get up every day at six o'clock because the kid is up then because I'm leaving for work in 30 minutes. You know, it's just it was going to be really hard. And it wasn't that we couldn't do it, but we were in a position that we didn't have to. Yeah. And he was like, would you 
consider just staying home. And I was like, well, I mean, it kind of just to me seems like maybe I should just do that right now. And I was so nervous to tell people. I didn't even want to say it out loud. I felt like I was going to get like judged for not going back to work. I felt like a total asshole because I told my principal the year before, like, yes, I'm coming back. (laughs) Um, All the things I just felt. And I remember at the time we were in our first home, which was pretty small. It was a two bedroom, one bathroom. And I felt like if we wanted to move, I got, he needed to go back to work and you know we kind of like sat down and talked about it and I'm like well we don't have to do that like we we can make it off of one income and so um I remember like reluctantly telling friends and family and I will never forget having two friends that I was discussing that I you know I might stay home and at the time I think I'd kind of already made up my mind but I was just tiptoeing into telling people because I just knew I was going to get backlash and he still is a good friend and somebody that I love. And he just said, you know, Jenna, I think you're better than that. Whoa. You're not that. Like, that's not you. And I was like, and he's, a, you know, not majorly older than me, but he and his wife both, um, they are both educators. And he has never had a day. He's never had to work a night or a weekend unless he wanted to. I'm sure, you know, that there's sometimes, but I'm just, you know, he doesn't know my, he doesn't walk in my shoes and he doesn't, a small business owner in general is definitely has a lot more on their plate than, um, the average working adult. I just, I, I see when people are small business owners, they carry all the weight. Mm -hmm. Um, but also being a small business owner that is in a service industry and throwing like food on top of that, it's a high stress job. Um, it is working weekends and nights and holidays and all of that in when um, somebody doesn't come in to work, you go in for work, whether your, you know, cousin is getting married that night or not. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of times that I have gone to a wedding solo or just not gone because of that. So um, those are kind of silly examples, but just to, you know, you don't get to take off whenever you want. And sometimes you get to take off for no reason. And it's like, it's everyone's good and we're good. So I'm going to take off. And it's like, great. But... Anyways, going back to that, they, I just remember feeling so, I knew I was going to get that reaction a lot. And he said it, and I thought, there's going to be everybody that doesn't say anything is still going to feel like that. But finally, at the end of the day, I was good with the decision. Todd was good with the decision. And then the other two people that were really important to me were my mom and my mother-in-law. They were both like, yeah, like that's like great for the kids, kid at the time, you know. I now have two. Um, But so... That was a really hard decision and still something that I kind of have to defend a lot. And um, I think people like still like wonder what I do all day. And it's like, (laughs) like I, I, I just sit at home and I drink tea and watch (laughs) days of our lives. (laughs) It surprises me. I mean, of course it's not as common as it was years ago. It's it's very uncommon yeah. to find mother or father that has the luxury to be able to stay home or a family that has the ability to work off of one income. I don't understand why there's this stigma like you're any less worthy or like the work that you're doing is any less important than yeah. what you could be. It's fr- it's Have so you ever frustrating. Asked anybody, like, what are you worried about for me? <laughs> so I don't know. I guess no, because I tend to. Um, ah, 
like I'm always that person that like in a my husband is really great like if somebody confronts him he is always gives back like a great thoughtful mm-hmm. um like meaningful answer like he will he just says what he wants to say like in the moment and I'm probably just gonna like try to skirt through and not make a wave which is weird because I'm not that kind of a person but when I'm confronted with things like that I just don't want I don't know I just don't want to like make I don't want to make a pro I don't want to I don't I don't want to like piss anyone off yeah. so I just say like oh I oh it's fine like and just but it's not it's so frustrating you know I think about it a lot and like maybe people feel and this is another thing I get a lot and I think that people mean this one in a little bit of a um they're they're trying to give me a compliment but they'll just be like I don't know how you do it Mm -hmm. I get that a lot and it's like well, they're my kids. That's how I do it, you know? Um, and I don't know how you go to work and, like, you, I shouldn't say that, but, like, that's what I want to say to them. You know, like, how do you leave them for 40-plus hours a week or, you know, every week? And I don't have to do that. And um, I don't know. It's just it's a different muscle that you flex and you learn how to make it work. And there's definitely some days that I think, oh, my God, I just want to go to work. Mm-hmm. Like, I would rather go to work yeah. right now. Oh, yeah. But... With, you know, with our lifestyle and with the job that my husband has, I just feel like I'm in a great position to take on the load of the kids. My husband takes on a lot of, you know, he takes on all the financial responsibility for us and a lot of just the other stuff, you know, all the taxes and all of the the crappy stuff about being a grown up, you know, (laughs) like he does all of that while I'm, you know, stressed out about packing lunches and making sure everyone has their homework and trying to remember that I didn't stay home to not do fun things with them too. So there, there's like a balance. Like I want to like, I still have a, a list of things that I'm trying to accomplish and get done, but I also have to remember they're only little ones. Right. They only like to go to the zoo for, you know, a short amount of time. They only want to hang out with me for a few more years. So like I have to sometimes just say, well, the laundry is going to wait and we're going to go to the park today. So and you just have to do that. But um, I feel like I'm going in five different directions but basically it was a hard decision for me to decide to stay home with them and it's still something that I have like a little bit of guilt doing and I feel like I have to defend a lot too which is frustrating I probably should just not care yeah but I kind of do so I think you would get it either way um I think you're damned if you Mm -hmm. do anything I'm sorry somebody's screaming uh oh Okay, so people are assholes. They have sometimes <laughs> unintentionally, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah. I think what I was saying was before we were so rudely interrupted by my sons choking <laughs> one another. Um, you can't, you can't win. You're never you gonna win. There, somebody's always gonna have an opinion about yeah what you're doing, what you're not doing. Are you doing enough? People really have opinions about like parenting though you know have you have you felt that like um this is I wasn't actually gonna bring this up but so my daughter is six and she's just now kind of start 
starting to get into like extracurricular activities. My son, he doesn't really do anything yet. Swimming, if I like, I force him to because he hates it. Um, <laughs> mainly because he doesn't like to be cold. But my daughter just like trying different things out and like wanting to do stuff. And when I tell people like things that she's going to get into or try, People have like a reaction and I just kind of, I don't care if it's a good or bad one. I kind of am thinking, why do you care if what kind of extracurricular activity she's doing? Yeah. She's six. She's allowed to like do whatever. My son chooses to walk around the bucket on his head or, you know, whatever. <laughs> but like if she wants to try out some different things. Like, I mean, they're not locked in cages. I don't, well, I just, well, they'll say, oh, don't do that because of, I can't give you like a great example. Like, um, one time, one of my dear friends, she, I said something like, I would love for, you know, um, Dylan to get into swimming. And she was like, you don't want him to get into swimming. You know how long the swimming oh meets are? I Which mean, is really funny. Yeah, She's really? kind of right. <laughs> um, that's kind of a funny example of somebody having an opinion on it, not anything. And. I don't care. She can, she's like a best friend of mine. She can tell me whatever she wants. It's fine. But it's just people always like interject there, whatever. And it, that's odd to me. Like, I don't, I hope I get, you know, somebody's gonna, well, when this podcast goes viral, <laughs> if I ever, like, I hope I didn't like have opinions on what extracurriculars people put their kids into. I hope I didn't. Yeah. I hope I didn't have like a negative. Well, if you do, just like keep it to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Some of the stuff that um, people just feel the need to, like, comment on. It's like, yeah. well, I mean, I'm going to have... I'm the one driving her. Right. Like, whatever. Right. It's fine. So, no, people just have, like, a lot of opinions about parenting. And I, it's not that I don't have opinions. I'm... I definitely do. I'm not... Um, I am not, like, neutral about things a lot. But I do think that I try to, like, let you do your thing. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. You know, hopefully. Like, I just, I don't, I have way more things to govern other than other people's (laughs) kids' extracurriculars. It's fine. I just feel like that's maybe a general rule for, like, all, like, just uh, as a human being. Yeah. Like, unless I ask you. Yes. Let's just. Yes. Just say cool and let's move on. Yeah. And, like, and you do you and that's cool and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I tell the kids, I'm like, as long as you're not hurting somebody else, as long as you're not, like, murdering somebody else or, like, Like, doing something mm -hmm. harmful to yourself, to somebody, like, just do it. Just don't say unkind things, you know? Like, just say something if you don't have something nice to say then don't say anything at all you know so yeah I don't know it's this it's a realm of you you get a lot of that I think when you enter into like motherhood and parenting you get a lot but you also I do have noticed like you get those people that will literally like be at your you know will be presenting you with dinner when they know you need it. You know, like those, like there's people that really come out of the woodworks for you when you're a mom or a parent in general. Um, when shit hits the fan with them, like people are there to be like, hey, it's okay. I have a, you know, 12 and 13 year old now or whatever. I just, somebody in here's some diapers because I know you're, you know, whatever. Like just um, people that are at a different stage of parenting. It's not that it's any less difficult, but I think they know that almost sinking feeling that you have when they're little sometimes because it's just it's hard and I'm not I don't look forward to like the more complicated problems of when the kids get older but there is a little sense of freedom that at least you're like well I mean they do have to figure this out too whereas like 
when they're two and they need a sippy cup, they can't figure out that (laughs) sippy cup. Like you have to be the adult and provide them with a cup and a drink in the cup and then hand it to them or else they don't get anything to drink, you know? So, um, I think that the, the problems, I don't think they get less difficult. I think they probably get more difficult. You know, you're just now probably with Quinn starting to see some of the more difficult. Yeah. I feel like the early years are like the physical challenges. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then as they get older, it gets more mental. And I feel it that way too, like girls versus boys. I feel like it's so cerebral with her and like I'm, I I am mentally exhausted at the end of an exchange sometimes. But she can brush her own teeth. But she can, she brush, can. She can wipe her butt. Yes, she can do all of those yes. things that you're just like, when yeah. do they do this? Right, but. so it's the physical, I mean like, for example, this morning, you know, with the time change and everything, I heard feet hit the floor at some ungodly hour. It was still dark outside. Ooh. And that like feeling of like, but you know what? They can get their own snacks and they can turn on the TV and I can lay here until somebody calls my name, which is probably going to be a good hour or two. Yeah. Like, it, it it's probably going to be the baby, too, that need, you know, that's going to call you. Um, yeah. So I don't think I f- hope that um, I hear that a lot, though, like moms that have slightly older kids, whether or, you know, even adult kids. Mm-hmm. That almost seems like. Whew. You know, a little bit more like, ah, than um, dealing with teenagers. Because teenagers, at least you still are in charge. Yes. You should be at least, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, like, as a parenting an adult child, yeah, you know, like, they're an adult. So, whatever. You got to just say okay sometimes, I'm sure. I don't know. That makes my control. I mean, (laughs) oh, God. I can't. I can't go there right now. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to worry about that no. yet. Okay, so so Dylan was born in 2013, yep. and then Griffin showed up two years later. Two, almost three years mm-hmm. later. Dylan was two years and nine months old. Yes. So I, I don't. I always say that they're about three years apart. Okay. Um, I try to mark I, them. I, 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 my only point of reference is like, okay, how old? <laughs> How old are my kids? Uh huh. Lennox then, had just had a first birthday because mm-hmm. I remember having that pang. We had dinner together, and I had that pang of sadness, like, oh, she's going back into like the newborn, and it's like all cuddly, and it was winter, so mm-hmm. it's like all of this. So you had a drastically different birth. Ah. So this was funny. So we were heading down the same road. Um, we had signed up with our doula again. Um, we, I was so, I was going back to the same hospital. All was going well. And at about 34 weeks, I like secretly called a friend of mine who had had a home birth and was like, look, give me the skinny. Which funny, when um, I had had Dylan and I had her naturally in the hospital, my husband and I both were like, oh, but home births aren't for us. Like, we just don't feel like medically savvy enough to like be able to pull that off and um just all the worries that you would have to have a home birth we were like no like that's just not for us at all yeah still felt like that so um with my daughter we went through 
I think it was 12 weeks of Bradley classes. They were like three hours long. Mm -hmm. I was like ready to go to have this baby. You know, I felt really prepared. And then, you know, the second one or when you add any more kids in, I totally had kind of forgotten that I was getting ready to have a baby. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to like mentally get my head in the game to like birth a kid because it's no joke, you know, like, and I, here I am and it's probably, it was December and I was, um, I had him February 3rd third he was due the fifth and I had him the third so so, you know the holidays are rolling around like oh my god these holidays are gonna go and then I'm gonna have a baby and I'm like not at all mentally ready (laughs) to like do this again and my daughter's um birth was long I stalled for a while Uh, I was in the hospital for forever I was super low on fluids I begged for an epidural at one point because I wanted to take a break and I had doing my classes had learned that you can get like an epidural and have it taken out and it'll like help you get a nap. And I just kept telling my husband, like, I just need a nap. I just need a nap. Um, so I ended up, they, it's, I think it has maybe a more technical term, but I stalled for like three hours as in I sat there and had really minor contractions and did not progress in the hospital. They gave me a bag of fluids and I was good. So we learned our lesson. We knew that I need to be well rested and we knew that fluids should have been introduced sooner than later with my daughter. So, you know, it was just, it was a, it was a hard, a hard delivery. Um, and when I, um, so anyways, Christmas is rolling around. I secretly call a girlfriend who'd had a home birth and I was like, look, don't even tell Todd about this. <laughs> I just feel like I need to kind of think about doing this. And I, um, I want to talk to you about it. And she had had two at that point, two home births. So December rolls around <laughs> secretly talk. I was like, and she, she and her husband, you know, knew Todd really. I was like, don't tell him. Like, I, I'm not ready to even commit to him, but I was thinking about it. But I feel like he would have been... So, he's, you know, he's so... I'm not giving him enough credit. He's game... (laughs) He was totally fine with it. But I will never forget, I had talked to... I got the number of the doula, and I even called the doula and, like, talked to her, and I was so nervous. I was like, I know I'm, like, really late in the game to, like, even ask you if I can do this, and I had, like just you know exploded with all this information with her on like what I was thinking about doing but how my first birth went and why I think I am an okay candidate mm-hmm. for doing this and blah 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 blah. and then I was like well I mean I have talked to the midwife I probably should let my husband in on this little secret that I'm thinking <laughs> so I was unloading the dishwasher probably unnecessarily because I just needed something to do and I was like so I was thinking maybe we should have a home birth I don't even know how I said it but I he was and I remember him saying huh <laughs> And then I went into my whole my whole spiel to sell it to him, yeah. like why I wanted to do this. Be- also, I should backtrack. Um, early December, I had watched a few documentaries on like uh, like natural births with my first one, mm-hmm. and I was like, maybe I should just watch those again to like get my head in the game. And one of them that I watched that I cannot remember the name of, but the very last scene, which I saw some horrific. 
home birthing scenes. Like a lot a, of like full bush. Like a well, like a <laughs> one of the babies came out butt first, Whoa. and like the the whole body and legs came out in like a V. No, and that is possible. No. You know what? I remember hearing about that in hypnobirthing, like showing all of the different ways, and they're like, you can have a uh, you know. This was not this woman's first child, which definitely was on her side. But I was I like, a hole. Oh <gasps> I was like, oh my god, and I'm still, you know, I've already had a child, and I'm still cringing at this documentary <laughs> that I'm all gung-ho for. But I, you know, I am human. I was like, Ugh. So the very last birth in this documentary that I watched was like a young family. And the wife and the husband reminded me of myself and my husband. And they had, I don't know, two or three kids running around. And they were at a birthing center. Uh-huh. And she was in a birthing tub. And there was like classical music playing and one of the midwives was doing yoga like but it was so calm and surreal and this woman basically who again was like in her young youngish 30s like she was maybe 35 at the the oldest kind of had this baby like on her own like the husband was there and the midwives were there and again she was on like number three or four so she was you know knew what she was doing but she just like it was just easy and it was so calm Mm -hmm. and when I had my daughter the tub was the only spot that I got any relief on for contractions and at the time and I do think it's different now the monitor that they put on your belly was not a waterproof monitor so I had to get out of the tub and as a pregnant woman in labor like you can't move quick and you're like working between contractions so by the time I would get into the tub like waddle my large watermelon in there then I had to like get back out so they could monitor the baby and like that wasn't in that video so I was telling Todd you know I was so much more calm in the tub we aren't going to be able to get in and out of there as easy. I definitely want to stay home a lot longer this time, but maybe we should just do it here so I can just kind of do my thing here. And I had a really good um, delivery, like, and I was having a really healthy pregnancy with this one. There were no red flags. I, you know, I had, you know, friends who had a lot of things that I would have never said you should have a home birth. There was just a lot of stuff. You being one of them, like, not after, you know, your first one, I know we didn't know, but like you shouldn't have had home births. No, 100%. So, <laughs> right, right, right. So, you know, like I, I, I was aware of that. Yeah. So I'm, you know, selling this to Todd and it took him, I mean, maybe three minutes and he was on board. He's just always like, okay, well, what, if whatever you think, like he was so supportive and it was nice. I felt it was nice to not have to convince him. Yeah. I had a little convincing to do my, not a whole lot. So, um, what about, let me stop you just for a second. Yeah. What about your mom and Todd's mom? Cause I feel like the mm. grandmas are always the ones that are Oh, like, that was, oh. I was, I said, Todd, we aren't telling a soul until I decide what we're doing. Yeah. Also Todd's dad is, was a chiropractor. Um, so he, I knew was going to kind of be on my side. I felt like I wasn't going to have to win him over. Yeah. So Todd and I met with Brenda, the, the midwife. And I immediately, like, she is like walking into a warm hug. She's amazing. And um, she is so good. And um, we went and we met with her. I didn't tell anybody this yet because I kept saying to Todd, if she doesn't take us or if she thinks, like, this isn't a good idea, I'm not even going to go through telling everybody that, like, I went through these steps. So... 
that was like right before Christmas and she was like I think you're great um I said I don't want to give up my hospital assignment like I don't want to like pull my paperwork out of that and all of that and um I did have a weird placenta issue with Dylan that yeah um I I hope I'm saying this right it's called Versa Priva it's not where your it's not where your placenta is blocking the birth canal it my umbilical cord looked like a road map around the sac which is not a problem other than when your water breaks if it breaks on an artery you will probably lose the baby i don't think it is ever a happy outcome if that happens my water broke right in between two of the arteries and we were great and we knew nothing about it until after I was holding my healthy baby girl. So I was always a little bit concerned with that the whole time, the second time around, but everybody was like, you you don't get those twice. Like that's not something that you're prone to. That's just not how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that, my doctor was going to do a later ultrasound. And, um, and also we did not know that Griffin was a boy. So those ultrasounds were not like for gender purposes, but, um, and we did find out with our daughter. I don't know why I just decided that I didn't want her the second time. And because my husband's a good sport, he was like, well, okay. Like (laughs) he kind of wanted to just know, but I ended up having a meeting with Brenda. It was right before Christmas. And I remember my mother-in-law, well, first off, my mother-in-law and my mom are just very like gentle people. Like they are not people who are like telling me what to do all the time. Um, Like I really don't even know that they ever like gave me mothering advice unless I'm asking for it. You know, like they're just not like that. They're very easy, easy go with the flow kind of ladies. But it was Christmas morning and they were out at our house and I was going to tell them, but just like not then. And it was just, you know, myself, Todd, my daughter, and then the grandmas, um, my father-in-law wasn't feeling good so he didn't come out that morning and I don't know why but my mother-in-law said so are you gonna be delivering at B North again and I was like yeah and like she asked me and then she asked me again like an hour or so later and I was like yeah do you feel like she thought something was I think she did yeah um and I was like well funny you say that (laughs) so I told them I said, look, I'm still going to have a hospital bag packed. If this isn't going good, it's okay. My mother-in-law was, you know, I think they were both concerned, but not like, a, not alarmed. And I think by the end of the conversation, my mother-in-law was like, you know, I, I think that's okay. And my mom still felt, I think, good about it. But she just said, honey, you're my baby and I'm worried about you. Yeah. And I said, I'm not going to do anything, you know, to like jeopardize that. Like, I, I know. And that was just her being a mom and, you know, making sure. So the nice thing about that was that she, she knew I was going to be fine, but she just wanted to make sure that I had, like, done all the work to, you know, make sure it was a safe environment. Um, and I also think people think, like, when you have a home birth, like, you just, like, I don't know, throw a sheet down and, like, burn yeah. incense and then you're there. Like... Brenda came in. She also had an assistant. She came in with, um, she has Pitocin because they also, for anybody listening who doesn't know, like you can give that to a mom if they're hemorrhaging after to stop the bleeding from like the afterbirth, um, which is how we used to lose women a lot in childbirth. So I think like Pitocin is a very common thing that they will give. So like Brenda has that on hand. Mm-hmm. Um, she had an oxygen, whatever you want to call it, like okay. tank, basically, in case, you know, things aren't going well. And she's pretty 
conservative. Like, if she feels like things aren't going well, she wants you to go to the hospital. She's not, like, trying to, like, make her record better by, um, you know, making... And she's done this... At the time, she'd done this for, like, 30-something years. So we decided to do it, and I even said, I really don't want to tell anybody other than, like, our brothers um, in their, you know, their families. But I was like, I just don't want to get into this whole everybody having an opinion Mm -hmm. on the fact that I'm doing this. And I wasn't too proud to say I wasn't going to the hospital. I, I had a hospital bag packed. And I even told Brenda when she got there that morning, I was like, and my bag's back there, so just <laughs> let me know. It just didn't go like that. And my father-in-law um, had passed away like a month before my son was born, which was obviously a whole slew of, um, you know, emotions that our family was going through. But I am happy that he knew that that was my plan. He was fine with it. He felt like it was a good decision. He was like, that's how people did it. Like, you'll be fine. So, um, I mean, hospital births, the world is big. mm -hmm. It's it's normal. Um, It's just not normal here, especially in Ohio, but in general in America, you know, quote unquote legal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was, yes. So, um, and also, like I said, my daughter's birth was so long. I was really worried about Todd, which sounds so dumb because he's obviously not having the kid, but it was when I had my daughter, I hung on him when I had a contraction, but we were also in the hospital and what he and I thought about after I ended up having my son, I ended up leaning on like my forearms on anything, the couch, the table, whatever. And he was like, when you think about it, there's not really anywhere to do that in a hospital so you hung on me to like release that pressure which that's a lot like for 36 hours Uh like that's a lot of work so we went into it a whole like with a whole different mindset my husband ordered a $300 hot tub on Amazon <laughs> for me. We considered putting it in a bedroom, but then he was like, if that um, oh, bus yeah. in the house, um, we put it on my, like we had at the time, which is now like a three seasons room. It was a screened in porch. Todd put, went and stapled up like the white plastic around the outside so that I had some privacy. He yeah. got a heater for me out there, set up this tub. This was just an opportunity for Todd to buy things and like have yes. a <laughs> It was so funny though. And I was kind of like, I don't know that I need the tub, but we have the traditional just like bathtubs that you can't really submerge into. Yeah. And I wasn't trying to have a water birth. That wasn't it. I didn't want to, I know that um, there's just some like logistics that are difficult right. when you do that. Yes. So that wasn't the point. It was just laboring in the tub. But I was, I woke up, um, I think at about three in the morning, I did not wake up Todd. Um, I was like, he has to sleep as long as he can because I need him to like be here. I didn't call Brenda. I didn't call anyone for a while. At about 6.30, I called Brenda because she said that that's when she gets up typically. Just to, I was going to be like, hey, just to let you know, I think we might have a baby today. I didn't want to rush it, though, because my daughter was 36 hours. She didn't answer, which is very unlike her, especially when she has um, a mom that's getting ready to deliver. And she called me back in like five minutes and she said, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm okay. I just wanted to let you know, I think, you know, I'm, I'm in labor. And she said, I'll call you right back. I just caught a baby, which is what she would say. She doesn't deliver babies. She yeah. catches them. So she had a mom that like went way early. She's like, I knew this was going to happen. I don't know why. I just could tell you two were going to like overlap. Yeah. 
So I said, I'm fine. Just call me when, you know, things settle down. So a few hours later, she called and she was like north of Dayton. And she said, uh, I said, Brenda, I really think you guys can go home and go, you know, take a shower or something. And she was like, I think I'd rather just come to you and sleep there because I feel like I'm so far away from you and I can't get a good reading on how you're progressing. Mm -hmm. Luckily, she did that because she got there and she was like, oh, yeah, you're you're looking good like I was you know she could tell I was kind of further along than um I had she had thought and also in that time frame I had called my mother-in-law and I had called my mom and um I told neither of them to rush and then I think I called them both back and was like um I kind of need you out here I couldn't handle my daughter and she was two and a half at the time and Todd was trying to like we were I thought I was going to have him in our bedroom so we had bought like a rubber I don't know, sheet, whatever. And then he also, because he knows how crazy I am and he was being a good husband, he bought the, like, contractor paper that you put on carpet. Because he knew I would be really upset if I had a birthing mess in my bedroom and on my cream carpet. So him being a good husband is, like, doing all that. And then I got my daughter. And I was like... And my mom was working, so she had to kind of arrange to get out of work and whatnot. So I told them both to take their time and then I called them both back and I was like Karen can you come now and then I told my mom I was like mom I I think you can wait but I'm not sure and I just don't want you to miss it and I was like almost in tears she was like okay honey I'm coming Yeah. but she's not a hop skip and a jump away from me she's like 40 minutes away so everybody gets there it's all good Brenda hangs out with me for a minute Um, Todd's trying to finish up some stuff and I also am trying to hold off on the hot tub because I just didn't want to like gunk it up <laughs> to have, like, and I was like if I'm gonna be in and out of this for a day like Todd right. can't drain this tub and get right. it yeah. so I was trying to like not hop into that thing right away so I remember looking out my back um my bay window out the back and I was like oh my god why am I doing this like it's just <laughs> you know I not just in general having another kid like who thought this was a good idea it's so hard yeah I was way in the throes of it being way too late but um I do remember thinking that to myself and I couldn't even say that to anyone not because I didn't want to just you you save all the energy you can you know and so uh Brenda went and tried to lay down for a little bit and I had my mother-in-law I said can you go get Todd And I said, I think I should try the tub. So he, you know, took me out to my nice little room there with some privacy, um, which our neighbors are really far away and would have never seen me anyways. But it is funny. And so like, I waddled in there and he's like playing music for me and whatever. And Brenda got up and I said, what are you doing up? And she goes, I don't know. I just can't sleep. I'm having, at the time I didn't even register, but my contractions were on top of one another. Like they would come, you know, that little break that you get, even when they're, you're far into labor, I was getting none. Like it was up and down, up and down. And then I would have a break. And I think I was doing three at a time. And Brenda jokingly was like, you want him to have a turn? And I was like, yeah, like as in Todd, take a contraction. And she said, I think I'm going to go get Marianne, which is her assistant. And I remember thinking, no way. This is not happening yet. There's no way. Like, I, this is at like 11 o'clock in the morning, maybe 1130 at this time. And I just went into labor at three. Mm-hmm. I was prepared for the wee hours of the morning, you know? Yeah. So... I said, I think I need to go poop. And she was like, do you feel like that during a contraction or just in general? And I said, 
I think just in general, uh-huh. but I don't know. Mm-hmm. So Todd like helped me hurdle myself out of the inflatable hot tub. And then we went into the hall bathroom and I was like, I've got to try. Like, I don't want to, you know, there is any of it. It's just all gross. And like, you're just trying to like have some form of dignity left, you know? So I sit down on the, this is, um, when Todd also thought we still weren't having a kid because I still have my sense of humor. My daughter at the time when she would go to the bathroom and she couldn't go poop, she would uh-huh. say, I just can't do it. <laughs> and so I sat down on the toilet and I tried to go. Um, and I, I said to him, I just can't do it. And he started cracking up and he was like, well, we're not having a kid yet. Like you're still, you know, cracking jokes. And then I stood up and I was like, get Brenda. And I was like, I don't think I can move. And I will never forget like like holding, looking at my hands, holding the vanity of my bathroom. And this is not a big bathroom. You know, you've yeah. been in it. Um, and it, uh, she came in and um, I heard a little bit. Uh, my mom finally got there. She was like barely there. And I remember hearing my mom say, does she know I'm here? Mm-hmm. And Brenda is like at the time, I don't know, mid 60s. And she just like flies onto the ground like a little elf that she is. And she was like, oh, I think you're good. You could probably go ahead and push, honey. <gasps> and I was like, don't. And I'm still holding my knees together at the time. <laughs> Because I was terrified to push too early because of all of my Bradley glasses. You know, that's when shit hits the fan. Like, you don't want to push too early. You're going to, like, totally mess everything up down there. Like, all sorts of things. My husband's on the phone in the hallway, crouched down. And I, my, like, legs are still together. I'm holding on to this thing. And I look over at him. And Brenda's, you know, down on the floor. Yeah. And I look over and I said, get in here. <laughs> like he's texting people about that. I'm getting ready to have a baby. So he does and comes in and like, how I just was having a hard time even standing up. And I didn't want to stand up. That wasn't the goal. That's just what happened. Mm-hmm. And then she said, I said, what are we having, Brenda? Because I still didn't know, yeah. even though I'd always thought I was having a boy. Um, and she said, oh, I don't know a girl. And I remember I wanted to say to her, no, we're not, but whatever. So then I pushed like a handful of times and I felt the baby's head come out and then go back up. And I said, did that head just go back in? (laughs) She was like, yes, honey, but that's what's supposed to happen. You know, she's like the perfect little crunchy hippie. She's probably got crystals on. like (laughs) Smells of patchouli. A hundred percent. Has like some form of like flowy. Yes. Yeah. Like she didn't wear a turban, but you know, that was like. Does she have, I'm envisioning her like salt and pepper like hair, like long. Salt and pepper, wavy hair, but not long, about here. Um, She's got like, you know, jewels all over, um, silver and everything. So she said, um, you know, she's still so calm. I'm like, oh, it's it's just how, you know, it's supposed to happen. And then I finally push, and I think he was, like, dangling for a minute, and then I pushed him out. And Todd said afterwards, Todd was like, you almost, like, that baby's head almost hit the toilet seat. Because, again, <laughs> this is not a big bathroom. And I couldn't really move. Yeah. Um, so Griffin came out, plopped down, and I, my very first words were, that's a big baby! Because Griffin was, like, nine and a half pounds. Yeah. Um, and my daughter, for reference, it was like, I think she was seven four, which is a very average size baby, but you don't usually jump up over two pounds. Yeah. Even if you jump up, like that's a big jump. And then I said, it's a boy. And then 
my husband looked to double check because we'd had a little history in our family of somebody announcing that it was a boy and it was a girl and it was just funny. So he double checked and it was a boy. Um, and then I remember Brenda holding him and I said, I want to hold him, but I, I need to sit down. Mm-hmm. And then everything happened so fast. Like we're sitting in there. Um, my best friend had gotten there to pick up my daughter for me she was like not prepared. She saw uh, Griffin's placenta, which we still like laugh hysterically about, like that she saw a placenta in a bowl <laughs> in my bathroom. Um, I'm like on cloud nine because yeah. I can't, after you have babies, you're oh, just yeah. so excited about it. And I'm like, bring everyone in, you know, whatever. Like, I don't even care. Blah, 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 blah. We wrap up, get cleaned up. I like got I said can I get in the bathtub just like rinse off because I was you know a foot away from it so they let me get in there really quickly and I this is the why I will always stand behind I would love for more people to be able to have a natural birth I not only got myself in there minutes after having a kid I then got up got out put on like a depends or something like that with a little bit of help but I walked myself back to the bedroom Mm -hmm. like that isn't easy to like that's not something that people can I, that's not like a pat on the back for me like that's just because I didn't have any drugs right. the second that all the agony was over I was fine yeah so I was able to walk back to the bedroom I sat down and I was you know I nursed Griffin and I, I was starving in like you know half an hour after we got his name written down and all of that stuff um I said, I need some eggs. And like, I walked back out front and I remember Brenda saying like, you should just relax a little bit, but I wasn't doing anything strenuous. I was just walking to and from the, you know, where I was, but I was like, I was good. And that's how it was with my daughter too. In the hospital, I called the nurse when I got into my, um, recovery room and Todd was asleep as he should have been after that long when I and Dylan was asleep. And I called and I said, hey, um, my husband and the baby are sleeping, but I really want to take a bath or a shower. And she said, well, just be gentle. Just let some water run over you and then call if you need help because I didn't have any drugs. And that was so, like, that was all I wanted to do was take a shower. That first shower. uh, And you're lucky you got to do it right away. I had to wait uh-huh. It's usually like a day. Oh, and you just feel so gross. I mean, I got rinsed off immediately with Griffin. Yeah. That was really nice. Oh, like God. literally delivered the placenta and like got <laughs> rinsed off. So, you know, that was, we did it. And then we told all of our friends that we had a baby at home that day. And they were all like, well, I like my, my brother knew, my husband's brothers knew, like our family immediate family knew, but like my aunts and uncles, and I think probably like my best friends knew, but like most of them didn't know. Mm-hmm. And it was, again, just for fear of everyone trying to talk me out of something that I knew was going to be okay. And I, I wasn't proving a point. I was not too proud to go to the hospital if yeah. I needed to. It was all good, though. The thing that sucked about having a home birth was that then the next day I had to get my button gear and get Griffin to the pediatrician. They want to see them within 24 hours after they're born, mm-hmm. which is understandable. Yeah. It's fine. But it was like, that was really hard to, like... Because they don't just come to you. And And because I had him at, uh, it was like 12.07. So I kind of had to like get up in the morning and go Mm -hmm. to make that 24 hour. So that was interesting. I mean, there's a lot of, obviously, we had a kind of a crazy getting a birth certificate was a little bit of a challenge. Todd was like, maybe he's just going to, you know, be off the grid. (laughs) And I was like, no, 
That's totally something that he would have wanted. I'm like, right. we are following these rules, buddy. I'm the rule follower in the family. Todd is not. Yeah. So, you know, just getting some of the legalities when you don't deliver in a birthing center or a hospital mm-hmm. was a little tricky and gave me some anxiety. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, I have an illegal child. Right. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. I've never, I don't think we've ever... I've never gotten the full story. Yeah, so. I they're yeah they're interesting. Um, I love like any birth story though. I like if anybody know. wants to tell me all their details of their birth, like yes. I am just as excited to hear about yours as I would like to tell you about mine. Like I don't know, I just think, and whether it winds up in a C section or whatever, I still find it like really interesting. Mm-hmm. I do too. Because at the end of the day, we're all just trying to like do our best and have healthy babies Mm -hmm. and if and do what you feel comfortable with like if that meant that you needed to go to a hospital then you should and you know what if I was pregnant right now and was going to have a kid I am 36 I don't know that I would have another home birth because I'm aware that age is a factor you know like I'm just I wouldn't want I don't know that I wouldn't but I wouldn't necessarily do that at this point. When I was pregnant with Griffin, I found out, you know, I didn't decide to do that home birth until 34 weeks. But at the time, they had just opened um, a birthing center in Dayton. Right. And I would have done that in a heartbeat. To me, that feels like the best of both worlds. Because if you're trying to do a natural birth, it's great. But when shit hits the fan, Mm -hmm. they wheel you down the other wing of the birthing center into the hospital so that you can do your C-section or whatever you need to do. Yeah. Um, and I would have done that with Griffin if um, I, I was too late in the game to sign up. Like, they cut you off. And I was, like I said, 34 weeks, I think, when I kind of had done that research. So I think that I wish birthing centers were more of a thing. And I think they're getting better. But I think that that gives women, um, like, the empowerment to try to, like, do these um I don't even want to say no intervention, but low intervention births. Yeah. Because I feel like you don't have to be all or nothing. Right. Basically, at the end of the day, before I had my daughter, my goal, um, I felt like I wasn't going to do Pitocin. Mm-hmm. Unless, like, I was majorly, you know, overdue or whatever. But I felt like if I needed a C-section because that's what my body, you know, was in my baby needed, then I would do that. Yeah. And I didn't, I was pretty convinced that I did not need to get an epidural. Although, you know, at like 11 o'clock before Dylan was born, I was like begging yeah. for one. Well, and there's something you said to me one time, and I can't, I do know what it's around, and I'm not going to say it because I don't want to open up any conversation around what we were talking about earlier. But it, it's that not making a decision out of fear. Mm-hmm. And I think that knowing as much as you can know. And I think that people think, well, like I'm not a doctor and I don't have the degree and I don't Mm -hmm. have this information. And I feel like that's kind of a a very narrow way to look at it because if you do know your options, like I knew what my options were, if I had a cesarean, how I could be closed up. And Mm -hmm. I knew what my options were for like bathing the baby, like post-birth. And I could make, I could still ask for certain things, even if things didn't go the way that I wanted them to. I remember being prepped for my DNC with Luca and the nurse coming in saying that the doctor had me set to have Pitocin. And I looked at her and I said, I can't have Pitocin. I've had two cesareans and that's contraindicated for a woman to have Pitocin because of uterine rupture. 
which is the whole reason why you can't like yes yeah yes, she should know that yes and, and my dad looks at me because he's he's sitting in the in the waiting room with us or you know whatever that we're being prepped and he was like how did you know that because I said because I had to do my research before I had Bennett because I wanted to have so it was like because Bennett you were trying to do a back, right was, yeah, yeah. It, but it's it it was little things like that, and it ended up like it was okay for me to have pitocin in this scenario, but I knew enough to know that in certain situations it was contraindicated, and I could, in some way, advocate or protect myself. From sure. Potential problems, sure. and not saying that I know more than a doctor does because I don't. No, but know. but you know you, right. and like you knew your history, and maybe they did overlook that. Yeah. No, I don't ever. I feel like um, my decisions make me look like I am trying to be up on a different pedestal, and I feel like my decisions make me feel like I I feel that I'm smarter than the entire medical field, um, and that I don't respect it, and like that's completely not the case like and I don't I don't say I don't really like to say that I had a natural birth or definitely I don't like to talk about that I had Griffin at home I do like to talk about it but it's not like information <laughs> that I <laughs> I don't because I just feel like a people think I'm looking for a pat on the back and I'm not this is my son Griffin and I birthed him naturally and he was nine and a half pounds so there Uh, and I did not hit his head on the toilet seat so you know it's 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 a cool story and so my one of my best friends she did not have any form of natural childbirth and she didn't need to and it was it's fine but she and i always joke like when griffin brings friends over if he's like showing people the house he'll be like and here's where i was born And I always think, like, gosh, I, I almost don't want to ever change this bathroom. Like, I, I forget <laughs> that that happened in there sometimes. Uh-huh. I don't know if he'll ever be able to wrap his head around that. Like, when was it going to, like, you literally were born in this room. Yeah. Like, right here. Just how his mommy was standing. <laughs> it's going to be like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> really, the whole thing is, like, you have to laugh about it. And I just think that... Um, I, I, that's another like I think sometimes people feel like I'm taking myself too seriously I, I will never right after I had one of my children a celebrity was a celebrity was on a talk show and I think they said like did you have a natural childbirth and the celebrity was like I I don't have anything to prove mm-hmm. I was pissed at that comment like I wasn't trying to prove anything like that's women aren't having natural births to prove anything nor are they having a natural birth to make you who had a medicated birth look bad. That is not the goal of this. Right. And, you know, I get the comment similar to, because I'm a stay-at-home mom, I don't know how you do it. Like, I get that comment, too. I don't know how you did that. Well, I mean, it. I was lucky. Like, it, it worked out in my favor. All of, like, our medical needs were met, and I had a healthy baby, and I was healthy, and there's a lot of um, things that had to line up in order for that to happen, and I don't overlook that, and because I did it that way doesn't mean that you should do it that way, or that you could do it that way, so that's like all, I I just, I wish that people talked about it more, Mm -hmm. and not with such a black and white, you don't have to be a crunchy granola mom, like, my, um, one of my best friends always calls me a... Oh, God, what's her term for me? Uh, she calls me, like, a lipstick hippie. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I am not going to not shave my armpits or, you know, like, I'm not there yet. And But I definitely try to take a more natural approach to things. But I don't, I mean, I 
do all the things that, you know, most moms I feel like do. And my kids eat um, goldfish. I, that was you know, really like my biggest relief upon realizing that you guys had packaged shit in your in your pantry. Uh, yeah, I mean, my husband doesn't really love that. Um, so he's that's not like his favorite thing. But sometimes you just have to survive, you know. And like, if that means that they're going to eat corn dogs and um, French fries for dinner mm-hmm. that were like frozen, then yeah. that's okay. I try to buy the like the nicer brands of things. <laughs> It's fine. And then sometimes, you know, they have fast food and that's okay too. But we don't, we just try not to eat like that every day. It's all balance, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And it's about, it's about survival. And I think it, this goes back to like you looking at your work scenario and what your family life was going to look like had you worked and Todd did what he did. And same thing applies to your birth. It's like, we have to stop. We, like, we've got to pull out our own judgment because everybody has different things going on in their lives and we're all at the end of the day just trying to make the best decision for yes. like whatever works for us if you don't agree with it that's fine move along we don't need to or if it, it just out. doesn't even sometimes it's not even so much not agreeing it just physically doesn't work for your family yeah but this is good this yeah. is even where I thought this was gonna go I know I, I hope I it love, wasn't too rambled no, so I love the birth story part of it I think that's hopefully not um alienating like I hope that it was like more like approachable yeah I just feel like if people had asked me more about it it's like it didn't I'm not this like crazy crunchy yeah. wonder woman yeah I just was like a mom thank you so much for listening I hope you enjoyed this week's episode I have so many more in my little computer that are excited to get out and see the light of day and be heard. So if you haven't yet, subscribe to this podcast so that when I release new episodes, they are automatically downloaded into your listening device. And if you haven't yet and you enjoy what we've put out so far, if you could take a moment, go into Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, five stars, and leave a review. It'll literally take two seconds, I promise. And it does a huge help to getting this podcast seen by more women because at the end of the day, my goal here is to create a safe space to share the sad, the mundane, the hilarious, just the real life of what it's like to raise kids, a real look at modern motherhood. So again, thank you so much for listening and we'll be back next Sunday with a new episode.